listening to Marist Connections, a podcast produced by the Marist Alumni Office, which highlights members of the Marist family, including our alumni, students, faculty, staff, coaches, and many more. Hello, everyone. I'm Amy Woods, Executive Director of Alumni Relations at Marist and a graduate from the class of 1997. For the fourth season of Marist Connections, we're bringing you stories of alumni and faculty authors and their experiences with writing and getting published. Today's guest is Jason Murray, a graduate from the class of 1983. Hi, Jason. Hi, Amy. How are you? Very good. Thank you. So Jason is an entrepreneur, sales and marketing consultant, author and business trainer focused on assisting individuals with launching, growing and building a successful business. He graduated from Marist in 1983 with a degree in business marketing and side note, his brother Desmond, who many alumni know, still works at Marist. I had to mention that. He has six children and nine grandchildren. His book, Faith Plus Purpose Equals Legacy, Seven Steps to Strengthen Communities Through Entrepreneurship, encourages parents, particularly fathers, to strive to be the best they can be at leading their family or business venture while showing strength, integrity, and leadership skills in order to strengthen our communities. The wealth gap, particularly the racial wealth gap, is growing and has important negative implications for working people and families. How does the average American family tackle this problem? In his book, Faith Plus Purpose Equals Legacy, Jason focuses on the importance of fatherhood and shares everything he's learned about commitment, service, and accountability. It's a compelling book with a plethora of tips, tools, and strategies for living a life of purposefulness. Thank you for joining us, Jason. It's my pleasure, Amy. Thanks for inviting me. So before we jump into the book, uh, we've been asking all of our guests, how have you been doing during this COVID pandemic the past year? Well, it's been uh, challenging uh, for myself as well as most individuals. Fortunately though, I've been able to pivot and have been able to work virtually as a result of utilizing technology. And so from my standpoint of view, just staying safe and taking in consideration the sensitivity of social distancing, I've been able to continue building my business and, and talking with my clients as well as servicing them and adding on new clients. So I've been fortunate that I've been able to do that. Sure. And you have a large family. How's that been going? Is it a lot of Zoom visits or have you been able to see each other? We've been seeing each other, a lot of FaceTime. Yeah. And uh, when you read my bio, actually I had nine grandchildren at that time, but now we've had two others that were born last year. So oh we're, up to we're up to 11. <gasps> so uh, oh, that's half, half of them are here in New Jersey. Yeah. The other half of them are down in Georgia. Okay. All right. Oh, that's awesome. So my first question is, how do you define entrepreneurship? So entrepreneurship, um, the definition that I see entrepreneurship is being able to create jobs, um, having a vision, um, identifying perhaps a problem, and then uh, focusing on a solution that can impact the masses. So it could be either you develop a product or you have a service that you're able to um, market and be able to get compensated 
for your insights or your intellectual property, let's say, and then be able to offer that and market it to uh, the general population. Um, that's my definition of entrepreneurship. But the key thing there is solving a problem. So you clearly see this as very important to strengthening communities, correct? A absolutely. And the reason for that is when you look at certain communities and you have two parent households versus maybe one parent households, the communities that may have a majority of families with one parent household, they're at a disadvantage, all right? From an economic standpoint, they're at a disadvantage. And then from a standpoint of, of rear, rearing children and not having dual role models, okay? so. I was raised by a single parent, therefore I know what it was like not having that father figure in the household on a regular basis. So as a result of that, seeing that disadvantage and now as I'm a father and husband and grandfather, having the ability to be around my grandchildren, watching them grow up, having been around all of my children and watching them grow up and being able to, to mentor them and and give a positive role model example for them, they have benefited from that. So I can clearly see the advantages of dis or disadvantages of not having, let's say a father in the household. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you see as maybe some of the most common mistakes that people that don't have a background in business make as they embark on a journey to better their lives? So if you don't have a, a background in business, a lot of times you just may have a, a consumer mentality because right, you're being yeah. promoted to most of the time mm -hmm. opposed to thinking, well, on the other hand, I can promote to others. I can develop a product or service and make an unlimited income as a result of my business skills or my marketing skills or my communication skills as a business development specialist. So I believe that um, you have an advantage having a business background. Business and communication makes the world around. Mm -hmm. So if you have a business background, you are a step ahead of say a consumer driven population. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the middle class, middle class are predominantly thinking consumer, right? Whereas the wealthy, they're thinking, all right, how can I develop either multiple streams of income or how can I develop uh, ability to create jobs opposed to working for someone else and being a business development specialist or business owner gives you those skill sets. Mm -hmm. So you, your background has been in the financial industry, correct? Uh, up till this point. So what inspired you to write this particular book and pass along your knowledge? Excellent. So I've had a financial background, yes, but before having a financial background, I had an extensive background in healthcare as well as a few other industries. So I have a, a well-diversified background, but the predominant two have been healthcare and uh, financial services. So from the standpoint of what encouraged me or inspired me to write the book, initially I was writing the book on a fatherhood or how can I be the best father that I can be mm -hmm. knowing that I wasn't raised with my dad? Um, I was at a disadvantage, but I didn't, I didn't see it as a disadvantage, but I guess 
in hindsight, it was a disadvantage from a certain standpoint. So I wanted to show how I can be the best father that I can be. Mm-hmm. And then the individuals who was helping me write the book, they said, well, you're not a, an athlete or you're not a celebrity. So there's a number of fathers out here. So what's going to make you differentiate yourself amongst the millions and millions of fathers? So I said, maybe if you turn it into an educational book. So that in line where my entrepreneurship background and my business background turn it into more of an educational book on entrepreneurship, then I can show the importance of fatherhood in our communities and how we can strengthen our communities through the seven steps of strengthening our communities through mm-hmm. entrepreneurship education and financial literacy education. Mm-hmm. Because we, mm-hmm. we haven't been taught financial literacy in our schools. It's not mandatory yeah. in yeah. all states. It's mandatory in some states, but it's not mandatory in all states. And I do believe that if we can create jobs opposed to that traditional way of just going to school, getting an education and working for someone else for 30 years, I honestly believe that that model is broken. And the statistics show that now a days college graduates, their careers will span them working for seven, eight jobs over a 30 year period of time. Whereas previous decades, you had individuals who they had a pension lined up, therefore they would yeah. stay yeah. at one company for years or a civil yeah. service job yeah. for years. But those pensions have gone away. So yeah. where yeah. can you develop your security as a breadwinner and be able to maintain that security? I believe it's through entrepreneurship. So clearly you definitely feel it's important for children to have a role model, right? An adult role model in their life to, to help them learn. Um, what have been some of the most important role models and mentors in your life or who have, I should say? Absolutely. Well, I was start out, um, my mom was one of my top role models. Uh, she was a banker. Uh, and even though she was a single parent, she was able to help me and my brother, uh, go to school. She raised us. We became independent. And as a result, we're now taking care of our own families and living our legacy through our grandchildren. Um, and my grandfather was definitely a, a role model from a standpoint of a dad in the family. Uh, and then when it comes to business, I would say that Earl Graves, uh, one of the legends in entrepreneurship, I used to work for him, for Black Enterprise Magazine in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. He was definitely a role model of mine, and, as well as Reginald Lewis. Uh, Reginald Lewis was one of the uh, first Black billionaires, all right? And as a result of those role models giving me the understanding that you can create a vision, you can implement a plan of action, and you can grow your wealth, and you can leave a legacy, okay? Um, that's where my book focuses on, and it's actually coming to reality as, as we speak in that a uh, number of my children now are entrepreneurs. So. The legacy of entrepreneurship is trickling down uh, to my children and my grandchildren are seeing that now. Mm -hmm. So not only do they see their grandfather as an entrepreneur, they see their parents as entrepreneurs and thus it could Mm -hmm. potentially lead them to becoming entrepreneurs or we have an ability to pass down that tradition throughout Mm -hmm. our family. And that that was one of my yeah future questions of how important it is for specifically black entrepreneurs to share their stories and struggles 
so the children can see and learn um, and how that can change the next generation and guide the next generation. So it, it is extremely important, I think. So definitely. So the book also has a theme of giving back. Can you talk about uh, the importance of being connected to and involved with your community and giving back? Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a big advocate of, of paving the way for others as others have paved the way for me. I wouldn't be the success that I am today if uh, community organizations or uh, generally, you know, people in the school system or individuals either in politics or more specifically in the business world did not pave the way for me to be successful. So as now uh, individuals are coming behind me, I believe it's my, um, it's my honor, number one, but it's definitely you know, my uh, priority because unless we bring others behind us, then we'll have stagnation in our growth in our communities. Unless we bring people behind us, we'll have stagnation. And I believe that we're at a point in our society where we don't always have, let's say an African-American community, the media doesn't project uh, many African-American uh, as successful, but yet we are, we are very successful. So we need to see that. And sometimes, you know, we, we have to develop our own media to do that, mm -hmm. okay? And I believe it's important because images that we see on TV, okay? And the philosophies that we see through the portraits or the perspectives of individuals on TV, it has a, a major effect in some of the behaviors that our youth will then emulate, okay? So mm -hmm. I believe it's important from that standpoint of view. So I, I suppose, yeah, media could be a positive and a negative, right? It could go either way. What other roadblocks did you see, do you see, uh, you know, to achieve what you're talking about in your book? So if media is one, what's another roadblock? Well, I guess the biggest roadblock, Amy, is starting early, um, okay. getting our youth understanding in the school systems early on, and not just focusing on going to college and getting a degree. Some of the more successful entrepreneurs may not have graduated from college, but yet they're very wealthy. So yeah. not to say that so there's anything wrong with college, because I went to college and, and I got experience in corporate America, but I transitioned from corporate America to become an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying though, is that have it as an option. Don't just be pigeonholed into one line of thinking. And the early on mm -hmm. that we can get our youth understanding that you do have options, yep. you have a yep. better chance of having unlimited capabilities of building unlimited wealth, opposed to having just a, a finite um, mm -hmm. amount of wealth that you can build for your family based on, you know, a cap on what you can make from working for someone else, if yeah. that makes sense. Uh, and I think that means, it, it, I think it shows just how important mentors are, right? If, if you're saying these, these kids need to be, need to see what options are out there, sometimes the mentors are the best way to do that, whether it's uh, a family friend, or it's a teacher, a guidance counselor, um, anything like that, the boss at your part-time job, I think uh, they play a big role in 
the, the development of the children Absolutely. and what they become later on. Good role models. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did you settle on the title of your book? That was, that's uh, interesting because the title of Faith Plus Purpose Equal Legacy, uh, I got a lot of my uh, money management skills and early on my business acumen from my mom. And as a result of that, I was able to pass down that information to my children who are now taking care of my grandchildren. So my first son, his name is Imani, which means faith. And his first daughter's name is Nia, which means purpose. So the legacy aspect of it was faith plus purpose equal legacy. And now, again, as I mentioned earlier, I just reiterated, as my grandchildren are seeing their parents now becoming entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. and now they seem that their grandfather is an entrepreneur, the legacy can continue on but not only in my own family, all right? So my children's peers, who I've mentored a number of them as well in our community, they see what we're doing as a family, what we've done as a family, mm -hmm. and they benefited um, from some of the mentoring that I provided with them through the years as well. It just hasn't necessarily just been in my family, as well as uh, the fraternity that I pledged to when I was a teenager, mm -hmm. I was a mentor in that organization. And I'm still somewhat active with that organization also. It's called the Order of the Feather Fraternity. It was a rites of passage program. And uh, as a result, we can continue building leaders. So through entrepreneurship, you can build leaders. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, yeah. an important aspect of the philosophy as well. Definitely. Do you have plans for any future books? Uh, you mentioned before we got on today, you're, you co-authored co a book? Well, yeah, so my second book, uh, Our Stories, Our Voices, Black Men Speak Our Truth, that book was launched uh, last year in February of 2020. And I was a co-author with um, 12 other African-American males, doctors, lawyers, clergy, nonprofit le leaders, teachers, and entrepreneurs. And I'm now working on my third book. Uh, and that book is gonna be more of a, uh, like a workbook as a follow-up to my first book and getting more deeper into entrepreneurship, the more of the how-tos uh, and the more implementations of uh, marketing plans and, and business plans and those type of things. I don't, I don't wanna tell too much about it, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's really more to be focused on making that transition from employee okay. to entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay, Ooh, little tease for us. Uh, what advice do you have for alumni or current students who maybe want to write their first book? Well, I, I would say um, the best advice that I would give you is to, if you have an idea and you have something that you're passionate about, just begin, begin writing, all right? That's the number one thing. The number two thing is, you know, you have options where you can self-publish your book or you can go to a publisher. So there's different channels that you can go to. You know, one may be better for a particular person and one may be better for another person. So kind of fine tune as to what do you think may be best for, for you, all right? Um, understand and research what capital it's gonna to take to put the book in place. Uh, because writing a book does require some capital. And then you also want to 
really hone in on who is your audience? Who do you want to talk to? Who do you want the message to resonate with and target the book to that audience? Because mm-hmm. that's what I did. I targeted the book to a particular audience that I mm-hmm. felt can benefit from it. So yeah. that would be four areas that I would recommend individuals okay. who may want to start a book. Oh, thanks. A book. Thanks. Uh, so before we close out today, would you mind reading us an excerpt from your book? Okay, certainly. Um, the first excerpt I would read is um, the chapters focus on um, teach your children the importance of communication, marketing, and sales. The best way to encourage your children to express themselves, express themselves when they agree with someone or express themselves when maybe they don't agree. Show them that by expressing themselves, it's important that they get their point across and it's also going to help them develop listening skills. Marketing is a big part of business, a big part of how you promote or advertise. It's a big part of how you get your message across. And the second excerpt would be leverage your networking relationships. In order to leverage your networking relationships, build your network. Consciously work on providing resources to your network and not just looking for your network to provide resources to you. Building and generating mutually beneficial interactions and relationships is key to leveraging your network. You want to be able to reciprocate assistance or services to someone in need, giving you access to resources in various ways as well. And then the last one would be Develop your legacy. I believe developing a legacy is very important. It's something that is developed through either business endeavors or within your family. It is something that helps change the lives and expand your reputation. It helps to future generations, something to be proud of, something to know that as a result of your efforts, you've made life better for them. From a family standpoint or from a business standpoint, it's something that will never end. It will be perpetual, giving you the ability to affect generation after generation. Thank you. And your book is available on Amazon, I know, correct? It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, as well as um, I have a website. Um, My website is faithpurposelegacy.com, faithpurposelegacy.com. And if you go to my website, individuals can still get uh, an autographed copy of uh, my book. Awesome. And then soon you'll be able to get a t-shirt. So uh-huh. we're actually coming out with a t-shirt line <laughs> as we speak. Nice. So, t-shirts and polo. Package deal. Yes, absolutely. Very nice. Well, this was wonderful. Thank you so much, especially for sharing a portion of it just then. Um, And once again, the name of the book is Faith Plus Purpose Equals Legacy, Seven Steps to Strengthen Communities Through Entrepreneurship. Uh, We really appreciate you taking time out to spend with us today. For those listening, we hope you'll join us again next week as we continue our series highlighting Red Fox authors. And please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can keep in touch and know every time we post a new episode of Maris Connections. We will continue to bring you conversations with alumni, as well as students, faculty, staff, coaches, and others essential to the Marist community. If you have suggestions for future podcast themes or guests, 
please email them to maristalumni at marist.edu. And be sure to check out Marist Alumni on Facebook and official Marist Alumni on Instagram. Jason, I hope you have a wonderful summer coming up soon. And yes. I hope you get to visit all those grandchildren. Thank you. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for inviting me to uh, participate with today's podcast. Oh, you're welcome. We really appreciate it. Um, I hope everyone has a great day. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>